FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and joining us in studio now, it's Ward 5, Burlington City Councilor Ben Travers. Good morning, Ben. Morning, Kirk. Morning, Anthony. Before we get into the big issue from last night, I have to uh, just say I appreciate Ben wearing in, even though he's taking it off now, wearing in the New York Yankees hat. Well, it's good to be with a fellow Yankees fan, Kurt. The the last place New York Yankees tied with the Red Sox at the moment. We were were solely in last, though. Now we've moved back into a tie, so... And only two and a half games out of the playoffs, even that, though we're in last place. That's right. There's still hope. There's still Look hope. At you guys. But I, we did have a caller call in last week and say that the new uh, song for the Yankees should be Tiptoe Through the Tulips because Aaron Judge's <laughs> toe. Yes. Hopefully we'll have Judge back soon. He is actually doing live batting practice. I'm sure you saw that. And uh, But the Yankees, the Yankees, well, it's, the biggest thing that's going to be interesting to see is what they do at the trade deadline. I agree. I'm taking my five-year-old son to his first Yankees game in September, Old Timers Day. Oh, so that'll be great. There's a chance that I might see you there. I'm I'm actually been thinking, and it's all it was all kind of depending on how bad the Yankees are going and whether I'm too depressed to go to Yankee Stadium. But I, yeah, I'm, I've been thinking it's against the Brewers. Exactly. Saturday game against the Brewers, and uh, I have been thinking about sending for tickets to that game. So see you there. Possible. So, but that's exciting. Your five-year-old son, first time in Yankee Stadium. Took my daughter first time last year, and yeah, my five-year-old's first time in Yankee Stadium. Nice. He's training them, bringing them upright. I like to hear that. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, let's talk about the big um, big issue last night on the city council, which was um, South End Development. And we know you chair the committee that has been dealing with this, and it got out of committee with a 4 nothing vote. And tell us about the meeting last night. I know you got a unanimous vote in the end, so tell us where that leaves us with South End Development to start out with. Sure. This has been an 18-month process. Started with the city's planning department putting together this overlay district in the south end. Uh, It went through our planning commission, as you mentioned, went before the city council's ordinance committee, came out of that ordinance committee in June, and was heard before the city council last night. Ultimately, the vote on that, as you mentioned, uh, 12-0 unanimous vote. And what it stands up is a, a new district in the south end. It's over what we call the Enterprise Light Manufacturing District. Historically, for many years now, this has been an area where you can develop light manufacturing, uh, art galleries, um, food processing businesses, a number of the businesses that you've come to sort of know and love in the south end. But what it adds on top of that in this district is the opportunity to build much more housing. And when we talk about much more housing here, we're talking about the potential for really hundreds if not thousands of additional units to address our housing crisis. And did you did you see when this process started out, that, could you have imagined there being a unanimous vote? Because I had to, you know, to be honest, when I heard unanimous, I was a little surprised. As I mentioned, this has been an 18-month process. I think that the mayor's administration and the planning office did a great job of engaging the public on this. There were many public forums that went before the planning commission. We had four meetings uh, before the ordinance committee. And I think what we ended up with was the right balance. It struck a compromise between those who want to do everything we can to address our housing crisis, to use this walkable, sustainable neighborhood to address our climate goals, but also balancing those concerns around folks who were worried about building height and other aesthetics of the neighborhood. I think we strike the right balance around those concerns, and we ended up in a place where we were able to secure unanimous support. Now, there were two, there were two um, votes that were at least that were very close. In regard to one, the mayor talked about on the show a week or two ago, which was hotels being allowed in the district. Um, 
that vote was close. I think that one failed seven to five, if I'm not mistaken. Can you talk about that one and where you stood on that personally before we get into more details of it? But where where did you stand on that one? Sure. Uh, we're trying to build a community here that's fully sustainable, such that if you're living there or staying there, you don't really have to leave. It's a walkable, uh, hopefully car-free neighborhood uh, where you can live, work, and play right there. And if you think about sort of a fully sustainable, complete neighborhood, um, in my opinion, a hotel and lodging is a part of that. No different than a cafe, a restaurant, a bar, a retail store, uh, and of course, housing. Uh, the version of the ordinance that came to the committee had lodging in it. At the committee level, we took it out because we couldn't come to an agreement on it, but didn't want to hold up this really overall important piece over that issue. Uh, I tried to bring it back in because, again, I, I think that it would have been complementary and, and a, a good uh, part of building this neighborhood. Uh, but unfortunately, that amendment failed before the council. We got a quick phone call. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Morning. Quick question. I know. Parts of the land around Pine Street is, like, really polluted. Is there any chance that when they get in there, they're going to find that it's polluted, toxic, whatever? And if they did, would this be on the developer or on the city? Good question, actually. Yeah, that is a great question. Uh, So if you look at the map of where the district boundaries are here, really the northern portion of it covers what we refer to the barge canal, uh, which is along Pine Street. And that's really been identified as, as a brownfield site. Now, thankfully, that area is now identified for development, and it's in large part because of a partnership that the city now has with uh, a developer as well as with the state where we have resources to uh, help clean that site up. So I'm grateful that we have that there. Um, Housing may be difficult in that area because there's additional restrictions, as I understand it, around building housing um, in those sites. I think as you get further south in the district, uh, there are less concerns around pollution. But, of course, as we've seen with development throughout Burlington, now, there's some historical pollution, including around the waterfront here, and I think we'll have to deal with that through the development process. And when we talk uh, 7 to 5, the how, the hotel part of it was defeated. Um, hotels also bring a lot of tax revenue, and Burlington certainly could use more tax revenue. We could use more tax revenue. I, I also think we could use hotels. We had my father-in-law in town this past weekend. Uh, both he and I wanted him to stay in a hotel. Uh, he couldn't find a hotel in Burlington for less than $650 a night. Holy. So, you know, we have vacancy issues. I think we could use more lodging. I think that there were some folks concerned that we really need to focus on housing. But in my mind, I don't think hotels would have been built to the exception of housing. Rather, I think that building a, a full neighborhood, including hotels, is actually promoting additional housing there. And I'm, I'm sure that's what the mayor said when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Well, and logic would dictate, I mean, if you, you're building a community where people are going to work and, and, and it just seems like it would be a natural inclusion, you know, it could be capped at, you know, 3%, 5% of the total land. I mean, there's ways to work around, but, but to say no hotels at all seems, I agree with you. It seems a little... That was my opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're calling this the Innovation District. Yep. The idea is that we're trying to build up entrepreneurial, new startup businesses, uh, have other innovators there. If anyone's been down to that neighborhood, there's this beautiful Hula workspace that's there where we have a number of these businesses already that's bringing new jobs into Burlington in our area. It's bringing folks from out of town to this area, and uh, they need places to stay. Yeah. So that's why I thought lodging was a good idea. Um, but what we have now is an opportunity for us to focus on housing first, my hope is that a couple of years from now, once we get the ball rolling on housing, maybe we can double back to this lodging issue. This district doesn't necessarily have to be a done deal.
Now, I want to talk about the Callahan Park issue because I know that this was a quote that was used before where some neighbors said, you know, this is going to block our view uh, from Callahan Park. I was in Callahan Park recently and I was trying to figure out where the lake view is. I mean, I, I was having trouble finding it. Uh, but even if you do find where there's a lake view, I mean, I think a lot of us still would feel like, look, if you really want to see the lake, there's a hundred other places you go to see the lake. But nonetheless, did were there? It looks like there were changes made to this, right, in order to deal with that issue. Did and so, can you tell us what that was, and did it detract from the overall ordinance? Yeah. So the version that came to the ordinance committee it allowed for a narrow band where folks could build to eight stories. You can't build to eight stories throughout the entire district. There's a, there's an area in the center of the map where you can build to eight stories, then six stories, then four stories as you as you build out. I think it's really a, a creative proposal that the city planning office put together that allows for this sort of tiered, uh, mixed-use-looking district. Um, we did hear from neighbors who were concerned about building to eight stories. Um, the proposal's put together in such a way that if you build taller, you have to build more narrow, uh, so we're not going to end up with this wall of eight-story buildings in Burlington. I think if someone decides to build the eight stories, it's going to be a more narrow building, leaving more public open spaces for folks in the community to use. But we did hear from neighbors who were concerned about building the eight stories, specifically in the sight lines from Callahan Park. Personally, I agree with you, Kurt. I spent a lot of time in Callahan with my kids playing soccer and baseball or the sledding hill that's there. And not the best views. It's not where you go for the views in Burlington. Um, but again, this was a compromise. I think one of the reasons we were able to secure unanimous support is because we made compromises to address multiple stakeholder concerns, and that included capping the story limit in the sight line at Callahan Park to six stories rather than eight. It literally is right on Locust Street. You can see the comparison map in seven days. And, and so th- was that the, the looks to me on the surface, the only real uh, compromise that or change that was made from where when it came out of committee with, with respect to uh, the height of the buildings? With respect to height. And if folks are familiar with the Burlington Waterfront, uh, landmark building down there in the south end is the Innovation Center with the smokestacks that are raising up, uh, mm-hmm. rising up next to the train tracks. Um, that building below the smokestacks is at 65 feet, which is six stories. So in this area, right around the Innovation Center, nothing can be taller than the Innovation Center. Now, one of the other amendments was about... Uh, allowing dorms, uh, college dorms in the district. Uh, I know your fellow Ward 5 city councilor, South End Councilor Joan Shannon, looks like there's nothing wrong with this either, by the way, that you two didn't agree on this. Um, she proposed an amendment that would have banned dorms, and I understand that one failed on a tie vote, 6 to 6. Uh, so that means, so those that is now allowed. Why do you, Why do you think that's a good thing? I respect the concerns, as always, from my fellow South End counselor, uh, Councilor Shannon, who I know is a frequent guest on this program. Uh, heard from neighbors both ways on this issue with respect to dorms. Again, I don't think it's an issue that really sort of makes or breaks the character uh, of this neighborhood. Um, Champlain College is a property owner right now in their Miller, Miller building uh, in this district. Um, one way or another, I, I anticipate we're going to have student housing in this area. And in my opinion, the question comes down to, well, if there's going to be student housing in this neighborhood, do you want it to be uh, apartment-style living, private building that's managed by a private developer, like you have with the Champlain College building on St. Paul Street? Or do you want it to be a dormitory that is owned and managed by the institution? They're responsible for it. Uh, if there's issues with the dormitory, you go right back to the college. Um, in my mind, it makes sense to keep that option on the table. 
Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You're up. You're on the air. Okay, we lost them. Uh, ben, what about? So I want to just ask you. I'm not trying to get you into a fight with Joan. But, uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe too late. I don't know. <laughs> but what about uh, the argument that she makes and others make that um, if we allow this, that that will give the university sort of pass to continue to work on keeping more students, housing them themselves, that they'll let their, um, uh, they'll let the student population grow to a higher level than we want it to be in the city. Oh, do you think there's merit to that argument? Well, there is merit to the argument, but I think what we've seen is that the cities, colleges, and universities are allowing their student population to grow even without additional housing. So uh, the question is, should we allow them the opportunity to uh, build additional housing to um, house the, the increased student population that they're bringing in right now? If you look at the trends over the last few years, the student population in Burlington, um, they're allowing more students to come into the city with, without building additional beds. And I think the way that we address that issue is by allowing them the opportunity to build additional beds. I think folks would like to be able to hold the colleges and universities' feet to the fire a little bit more in terms of uh, capping enrollment. But as you know, Kurt, you know, these are private institutions, and we're pretty limited as a city with respect to uh, sort of how we can enforce that. When Burlington City Place was, well, it wasn't being built. It's being built now, but it was first uh, introduced um, to the city council. One of the things that the developer at the time, Don Sinek, was there was going to be um, a lot of college housing in that and we there was a lot of pushback from the council and we actually and at least initially in the pre-development agreement put a cap on the amount that there could be in there was there any talk of any kind of a cap on the amount of of uh, college student dorms or student housing that there could be in this in this development that was not really district? yeah no that was not really a part of the discussion and again this question to dormitories versus apartments to me really boiled down to uh, I, I think there's going to be student housing here one way or another because we already have a college that's a property yep. owner in this area. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen, and good morning, Ben. Thanks for coming on this morning. Uh, I merely wanted to call and thank you for uh, earlier this summer uh, the vote for Chief Murad and your support and also uh, Councillor Darity's support for the Chief. It really was an absolute necessity to get him in there, and I wanted to thank you for voting that way. All right. Was that a tough, was that a tough vote for you, uh, Ben? Because I know you were quoted in the paper at, at different points saying you were not sure, and it seemed like you at least potentially could be a swing vote there. What, what Was that true? And if so, what brought you around to the yes vote ultimately? I joined the council in April of last year, so I haven't been on there for all that long. The question of whether or not the mayor was going to bring Chief Murad, for, excuse me, Chief Murad forward again for a vote um, was one that came up relatively early on. Uh, excuse me. Um, my sort of metric here was that I wanted to make sure that the chief had broad community support. I was new to the role, needed to take some time after the mayor indicated that he was going to bring the chief forward um, to understand that the chief, in fact, had that broad support. Uh, ultimately, in talking to constituents, hearing from their feedback, it, it became clear that the right vote was to put them into the office. Were you initially concerned? And caller, I know we've got callers on the line. We'll be right to you. Uh, were you initially concerned about the hospital interaction? Because it seemed like there was a couple, there was a few counselors that, that after that interaction, uh, 
there were I think you might be included in this where that were concerned and that made people a little more unsure about the support did that was that something that you also were concerned about before deciding yes I need to say I'm incredibly grateful for the work and service that Chief Murad has given to Burlington uh, in an acting role he was put into a position that he didn't ask for he didn't come to Burlington to be our police chief uh, he, he had a couple people in front of him who left under unanticipated circumstances and was thrown into a job under circumstances where uh, across the country, particularly here in Burlington, very difficult to manage the police department. I think there's been a couple on-the-job learning experiences for the chief. Uh, the one you mentioned is among them. Um, he addressed it to my satisfaction, and I'm really glad he's in the role. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You're yeah, I was just wondering, uh, in, in reference to the housing that you want to build, is it toxic ascent or is it tax base? That the tax favors are going to benefit from the building that you're talking about or buildings. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good question. Is this something that can benefit taxpayers? Who, of course, we know we just got our tax bills, and they're they're up. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think if you're concerned about property taxes here in Burlington, uh, one of the ways to address that is to bring in more properties. Uh, and the South End Innovation District is going to permit for um, more housing, more development. Uh, certainly the property taxes are going to be higher on an apartment building than on a parking lot as it stands right now. And no doubt additional tax revenue is a part of the consideration for promoting this too. And obviously, Ben, you agree with the, the mayor. The mayor's been faced with questions. We've heard it on the show a number of times. Uh, the concern about um, beach closures in Burlington and and the you know the idea that new development is actually going to worsen the problems with Lake Champlain in the area around Burlington and of course we know we've got an ongoing problem which you might also talk about. Sure, I think unfortunately a lot of the problems that you see uh, with the lake and beach closures right now have less to do with Burlington's contribution, more to do with more sort of upstream issues and the fact that. Our rivers and streams are making their way to Burlington and uh, dumping into the lake uh, of, uh, with um, items that are resulting in the algae blooms from further upstream. Uh, now, no doubt, um, Burlington contributes to it somewhat because we're right along the waterfront there. And I think one of the great things about this community is that it's going to uh, improve our stormwater infrastructure. It's going to improve our wastewater infrastructure. And I think do great things, actually, for uh, improving our contributions to uh, the lake pollution as compared to how it stands right now. Um, inclusionary zoning. Now, there was, an amend- there was an amendment last night from a progressive council. I think it came from Zariah Hightower. Did the, the change to inclusionary zoning, which allows developers who at least don't think they can meet the requirement to allow to like 10% uh, affordable housing to be part of a, any development, was the change that was made saying that they couldn't put money into the housing trust fund for Burlington as an option rather than building that affordable housing, was that now a, a complete change to the inclusionary zoning in Burlington or was it just to this district specifically? It's just to this district specifically. So if you look to some of the recent larger housing developments in Burlington, Cambrian Rise along North Avenue that you see going up now, of course, you now see the cranes rising over City Place, thankfully, finally, uh, in building the housing there. In both those developments, there's been a requirement that inclusionary zoning or affordable housing units actually has to be built on site and that the developers there can't use this payment in lieu option to sort of pay into a fund rather than building affordable housing on site. 
the thought here is that this South End Innovation District should be treated no differently than the City Place development, no differently than Cambrian Rise along North Avenue, and we should require that the affordable housing actually be built on site in the South End. Do you think that that should be a change uh, made permanently to inclusionary zoning, or should that exception still remain overall? I think we need to double back to this question and focus on it more specifically. I think one of the issues that folks have with uh, the ordinance as it stands right now that allows for some developers to use this payment in lieu option is that the number is relatively low. It certainly doesn't line up with the cost of developing a housing unit. It's less than $100,000 that you can pay into uh, and not have to build an affordable housing unit on site. Uh, I don't know that we should double back to requiring that affordable housing be built in every development citywide. I think we should look at that payment in lieu option because historically, particularly for smaller developments, requiring that smaller developments build affordable housing on sites has served, unfortunately, as a financial hurdle to folks being able to build any housing at all. And I'm Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here continuing our discussion with Ward 5 City Councilor in Burlington, Ben Travers. And uh, we've mostly been talking about uh, the South End development question that was voted on last night uh, with a question also about the that came from a listener about the police chief vote. But, Ben, can you give us an update also on we know that during the flood uh, our, we had the pipe that basically broke um at the foot of Lake Champlain underneath the Winooski River, whatever it was, and has been leaking sewage into the lake. Um, I think you got a report on that last night. Where do we stand on correcting that issue? Yes, well, I should have mentioned this at the top, but it did feel a little strange last night that the Burlington City Council was basically able to continue with its normal business while so many surrounding communities are still uh, literally digging out of the disaster we faced a couple of weeks ago. And so, uh, we are very lucky that we were able to continue with our normal business last night, but certainly my um, hearts and thoughts go out to the communities around us that are dealing with this. I know the Intervale here in Burlington uh, suffered quite a bit. Um, my dear friend, fellow Burlingtonian, Grace O'Dell, is the director of the New England Organic Farmers Association. I know they've stood up an emergency farmers fund uh, that, uh, if I can plug it, would suggest to your listeners is one way that folks can contribute yeah. to the flood recovery effort. Um, we did receive an update last night from the Burlington Director of Public Works, Chapin Spencer. Um, it's interesting. Never received an update like this that the city needs to contract with divers uh, to go down and replace the broken sewage pipe. But my understanding is that uh, we have the divers contracted. In the meantime, we have a, a temporary fix uh, to stop the broken sewage pipe from continuing to pollute the lake. And my understanding here is that in the next day or so, uh, we should have the problem fixed. I am amazed at the speed at which they came up with the idea of a pipe above ground and got it in place. That that, that just I just I said this to the mayor last week. Um, I just think it's remarkable how quickly they moved on this whole thing. Our public works department is amazing. Yeah, uh, the level, the the speed to which they respond to uh, this issue and other issues throughout the city. Uh, I don't know how they do it, but time and time again they do. I just I I'm dumbfounded by how quickly they managed to to reroute it, put a pipe in, and we're literally a few days away from it just being completely eliminated, and then got a contract with divers to fix the problem. But, exactly. Yeah, I think it's cool. Now you also unanimously passed the resolution. Um, sponsored by, I guess, three different counselors, at least one on the Democratic side, Hannah King, um, about the National Guard. 
and calling on the guard to do more simulations. I think less F-35 flights up in the air and a couple of things. It's my understanding is it's totally advisory. Can't force the guard to do any of that. Um, what's the point of the resolution? I mean, don't you think the guard, if they're able to do those things, is probably already doing them? Well, Burlington has committed to being a, a net zero climate city. Uh, and I do think a, a part of our sort of being honest about our assessment with that is that uh, we need to be counting all the climate emissions that we're putting into the air. Uh, and a part of that, of course, uh, in my opinion, includes the Burlington Airport. So part of this resolution was asking that the airport uh, start to count uh, some of the greenhouse gas emissions related to av- aviation in our assessment uh, as Burlington marches towards uh, being an, a net zero city. There was another part of this that, yes, um, in an advisory way, asked for the Guard uh, to consider reducing uh, the number of, of missions flying out uh, to the end of addressing the city's climate goals. Um, you know, my concern around this, and, and you've sort of noted it here, Kurt, is that it, it is advisory. Um, you know, we have a number of people in our community that uh, I respect and their concerns around the F-35 mission. Some of it revolves around these climate issues. Most of it revolves around noise. Um, and I'm afraid that a resolution like this gives some folks in our community who are concerned about it some, some false hope uh, that maybe it may make a difference here. I mean, ultimately, this is a federal mission. Ultimately, the Guard decides the mission that it's going to put here uh, at the base. And, and so, yes, the Council passed this advisory resolution last night. But uh, ultimately, my understanding is the Guard is going to continue with their mission. Ben, what do you, what do you see as um, a couple of the biggest issues going forward for the city of Burlington your seat's up for re-election in March. You've got at least several more months left on the council and maybe much more. But what do you see going forward in the next coming, those months, and maybe down the road further in the next years as biggest issues facing the city of Burlington? Yeah, so I think the two biggest issues are housing. We've been discussing it today and continuing to improve the state of public safety in our city. Um, beyond the South End Innovation District that we've been talking about this morning that's going to allow for the creation of you know, potentially upwards of a thousand additional housing units in the South End, um, that's still going to make barely a dent uh, in the housing crisis that we have ongoing. So I think we need to double back to our zoning code and see you know, what else can we do within the city, either with another one of these overlay districts or even on a citywide basis to allow for the development of more housing and more affordable housing across the city. Uh, the other issue identified there is, is public safety. Uh, since I joined the council, we've been taking multiple steps to try to uh, sort of turn the tide uh, in terms of public safety. Uh, the police chief vote was one of those. Uh, a new contract for the police department uh, was another one. Uh, we um, took a vote last night to help the city in standing up this new uh, behavioral health CARES team based on the CAHOOTS model that you've seen out in Oregon. And I think that, that will be another way for us to further improve the state of public safety. Uh, but we still have a ways to go and still need to do some work as a council to support that. All right. Well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, good morning. Uh, it's, it's good to hear from our city councilors as to all, of, all the issues that are facing us and how we're going to uh, address them. Um, going back uh, a little bit to the, the topic you just mentioned about um, the city and its goals for being a zero emission city. Um, has there ever been or, or is there a document somewhere that outlines what the city budget is for the cost of being a zero emission city? It seems like uh, the city council can come up with idea after idea after idea of how 
Burlington on its own is going to cut emissions, whether it's through, uh, you know, changes in how we heat or taxes on people who don't change over to electric or electric cars. But is there anything that's gone into the city council that says, this is how far we're willing to go financially, which, you know, impacts all of us and our tax dollars and uh, our, our choices to be able to stay and live in Burlington. Has, is there a document somewhere that we as, as taxpayers can go and say, oh, I see how far the city is willing to go because, you know, with this new one about how we're going to deal with the airport and, and their emissions, it's, it's cost money and it's not making a global difference. We have to be honest about that. So I'm curious, where do we find how far the city and its councillors are willing to go to impose new restrictions that cost Burlingtonians money? Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question. First of all, the city has put out a a net zero energy plan, and I would suggest that folks hop on Google, Google Burlington Electric's uh, net zero energy plan, and it does include some information with respect to cost. I think, uh, of course, a big part, and caller identified it in terms of uh, being a net zero city, is uh, electrification, moving off of fossil fuels, standing up more electric-based system in our homes and in developments. I think as of right now, because of uh, the number of, of subsidies and rebates that are available for the purposes of switching over to uh, electrified systems, uh, a lot of the information we get actually shows that it, it may be um, uh, less costly for you to move towards electric as opposed to standing up a fossil fuel system. We're mindful of the cost moving forward, though. Uh, it's one of the considerations we have. There's been a lot of debate in the city recently about the future of the McNeil Power Plant, which is a, a wood-burning plant, and there are folks concerned about Uh, the climate emissions there. Uh, Cost considerations are a part of that as well. I think one of the reasons that uh, Burlington electric rates have been able to stay lower uh, compared to some other electric users around the state is because uh, we do rely on uh, the the Winooski Dam uh, and the McNeil plant as opposed to uh, gas burning plants that have been uh, fluctuating more in terms of uh, fluctuating gas prices. Let's go uh, back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a little update on the leakage, the breakage of the pipe, and not to discredit public works, but the uh, engineering construction, they were hired, and they are the ones that ran all the piping, because I live on the extension, and they also hired BP Septic, and there's another company, an out-of-state company, and they've been running the trucks 24-7 ever since this happened. Because I'm sleeping at night, and I'm awake all night because the trucks are going back and forth. So no discredit to public works, but engineering construction was hired to do the job. So what's your question for Council no, Travers? it's not a question. He's, he's giving the city public works department the credit Okay. For doing the job, hooking the pipes. They didn't hook the pipes. Well, no, but okay, gotcha. Uh, it's okay. a, yeah, it, it's a great point. I think a lot of the great work that's done by Public Works depends on uh, the contractors who uh, do our bids, and so credit is due there as well. So I appreciate you raising that, caller. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, I'm just curious on this on these climate emissions that these people keep talking about. Uh, how come nobody's bringing up the issue when all these solar panels 
basically mirrors or point up into the sky. Uh, do you think that has anything to do with heating, uh, heating the temperatures up? I'll hang up and hear your response, please. I don't think there's any evidence that solar panels reflecting sunlight are heating the atmosphere. No. Ben, let me ask you this. Um, this was alluded to by a previous caller, uh, and I would certainly say I got my tax bill and taxes are up for a variety of reasons. But how concerned are you about that? It was a fairly substantial increase this year. We know that the new high school is a part of that. Um, how concerned are you about that? Because, I, again, I talk to people who some will say I'm moving because it's just getting to be too unaffordable to live in Burlington. So your thoughts on that and and if you think it's a problem, what do we do about it? Affordability is con- a concern. Uh, not only the cost of housing, but of course the cost of uh, taxes, as you've identified here. Um, property tax bills did go up. Uh, I think the city did uh, a good effort at, at doing everything it could to keep them as low as possible. The city, of course, uh, and our labor force uh, has um, felt the effects of inflation no differently than we have in our own households. Uh, we've had to increase the uh, price of, of wages of our workforce in order to continue to recruit and retain uh, the folks that are doing the work for the city of Burlington. And of course, we, we need a budget that, that meets that demand. Um, but I don't think year in and year out, if we're going to address uh, the affordability concerns that so many folks are concerned about, that we can continue to raise taxes at the rate that we have. I think we're going to have to take uh, a close look, uh, including in the next budget cycle that will come up next year, uh, as to where we can find and realize some cost savings. I do think another part of this is we need to bring more people, more property uh, into Burlington, and that's a part of what the South End Innovation District will address. Growing the tax base. Exactly. And I was going to ask you what you just touched on, which is at some point, because, again, it was significant this year, and the budget has grown significantly, and at some point do you have to look at every single department and, and government, city government has grown. I mean, there may be a reason for it, but at the same time, taxes have gone up, city government's grown, the number of employees have grown. Yeah, I think in the next budget cycle, we have to take a really close look at where we can realize some cost savings. Let me ask you this. If the the mayor were to come to you and say, Ben, should I run for re-election? What would your answer be to him? I think the mayor has done a great job for Burlington I think particularly during this term, uh, we've seen a lot of progress and a number of issues in, in a way that I haven't seen in a decade. Uh, you see cranes rising across the Burlington skyline in, in City Place and with new housing developments on Pine Street and on South Champlain Street, uh, with additional affordable housing being built by Cots along Main Street. I think that uh, the mayor has a lot of projects in the works right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to see some of those projects through with another term. Um, and I think he's done a lot of great work for Burlington. So you would tell him, yes, I think you ought to run again for another term? If that's what he wants to do, I think he's done a great job for Burlington and is, uh, de- deserves a fair shake. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, good morning. I missed the last 10 minutes. Um, and I tried to catch most of the council meeting last night, but as hard as I tried, my best just wasn't good enough. It was much too late. Um, did the progressive movement against the F-35s get anywhere last night? That's what we talked about in the resolution. Um, we did talk about it. Uh, there was a um, resolution that was brought forward. It was amended to, to tone the language down somewhat. It did end up passing the council last night. It's 
uh, a purely advisory resolution. And as I mentioned, we were talking about it a few minutes ago. You know, uh, my understanding is that the Guard intends on continuing its current mission. Uh, did it start out as more of a, a taking shots at the National Guard, the, the original wording? The original wording was, again, still advisory. This is not a decision that's been within the control of the city of Burlington. Um, but the original language was asking that the Guard effectively eliminate the F-35 mission. And I wasn't comfortable with language like that. Ben, what do you think we ought to do? I mean, there's some successes in Burlington that you noted in regard to Mayor Weinberger potentially running for re-election. Some of the things that we still see as problems that we hear mentioned on this show and that I see as a Burlington resident and taxpayer myself are graffiti. There's still a lot of graffiti around the city um, and also homeless encampments and um, homeless, the homeless issue, sometimes aggressive homelessness. We hear people call and I've heard people just tell me that I don't want to go to Burlington anymore because I've come down with my kids and I've had someone come up to me and aggressively panhandle me and it startled my kids. We've seen a little... A homeless encampment pop up by the Champlain Farm Store on North Avenue. We have now seen one that comes close to me, which I think is 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 tents popping up in front of the Letty Letty Park tennis courts. What do we do about that? Yeah, so when we talk about public safety, it's not just about policing. I mean, public safety includes our dealing with our mental health crisis. Public safety includes our dealing with our our, our drug and overdose crisis. Public safety includes our finding housing for folks who are unhoused. Uh, I wish that our state legislature was able to do more to potentially find a way to keep our hotel motel program going. Uh, I know that there was significant cost associated with it, but shutting that program do, uh, down puts a significant burden on a city like Burlington uh, in terms of uh, addressing our, our unhoused population. I should say this is not just a Burlington issue. If you look to cities across the country, uh, you're seeing an uptick, unfortunately, in folks who are struggling uh, with homelessness. Um, we need to do more in terms of finding folks housing. I think the city is doing everything it can with the resources that it can, but this can't just be a Burlington problem. This is a regional problem. This is a state problem. We need uh, our surrounding cities and towns and the county and on a state level uh, for us to find a way uh, to create more housing uh, for folks who don't have it. Just a couple minutes left, uh, Ben, but is it, a, we've, we've talked about this with listeners, but also people like Kelly Devine, who's a regular on the show. Is it a little bit of, well, we have sympathy for people that have a need. Um, it also seems like we have this explosion of homelessness and it doesn't seem like it can be just people in Burlington or even Vermont who are suddenly, you know, out of a job or something. That, In other words, that anecdotally, it seems like there's a lot of people coming to Vermont. And we don't know what the reason is. It because there are, the word has gone out far and wide that Vermont has more services that they're putting you up in, in housing. Do you think it's a, there's an issue here of of a little bit of if you build it they will come? I don't know that that's necessarily an issue. Uh, again, if you look to cities around the country, regardless of where they are, uh, regardless of the level of services they have, this is this is a problem that almost every city in the country is facing right now in terms of uh, homelessness. I think. If you have a problem with the number of folks that are unfortunately on the streets, um, the reason why they're on the streets is on the streets is because they have no other place to be. Uh, and the way we need to address this is is to give folks a place to be. I think Burlington is playing its role in trying to address that, but Burlington can't do it alone. Uh, ben, just a less than a minute left now. 
you probably haven't made the decision, or maybe you have, and you can announce it right here for us now. You're up for re-election in March, finishing your first term with several months to go still. Um, do you expect to seek re-election? I do. Uh, two years flies by fast. Uh, I'd like to keep going. All right, there you go. There you, you, heard, go. you heard it here first. We just made some news. Look at that. Just like that. That's Kurt's final question all the time, and people waffle, and Ben's like, nope, two years goes fast. I want to seek re-election. We're just uh, we're headed in the right direction. I, I appreciate your candid... Uh, straightforward answer that was that was very refreshing thank you (laughs) thanks for having me yeah ben thanks for being on the morning drive today we appreciate it uh, coming in answering all the questions and giving us an update on uh, last night's city council meeting so thank you very much thanks for yes i was gonna say thanks for wearing the yankee hat i don't get that that often (laughs) usually people rousting me about the yankees (laughs) thanks again ben well, they go fast, Kurt. I'll they tell you sure that. do. The fastest three hours in radio. And uh, be right back with us here tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, starting at 6, uh, because we have got another good show lined up for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Brad Furlan on talking about uh, drug issue in Vermont. We're going to have Dr. Steele Taylor. He's going to talk to us about the latest in Alzheimer's research and the latest breakthroughs. And Carol McQuillan. Carol McQuillan from, coming from Common Roots, talking about what they're doing to help uh, with the intervale. Uh, or the lack of the intervale. So we can only find the morning drive here, here and only here on News Talk WVMT.